So of course I had to try to get Milia, Miralda and Frank out of prison, even though I still hoped Whiny would have been able to have some influence. That hope vanished when I saw guards sitting in front of cells. I was pretty certain that's where my people were. Without thinking too much about what I was doing, I skipped into a cell and managed to skip away Milia, although it wasn't without consequences. The day after, I decided to attend a meeting of the Truth Companions and confront the person I suspected to be my uncle. This is Nidak, my adventure, written down in a better way than I can tell it. Episode 56, not the only one. Prowling through the dungeons, Nidak's despair intensified each time she had to go down another level. The nightlight from the central shaft diminished more and more the lower she went. The layout remained the same throughout, a dozen cells circling around that central shaft, with an outer hallway curving around it all. Nidak wondered how much deeper it went when a faint flickering light became visible. She slowed down her pace and crept closer until she saw three guards two sitting and one standing, lining up against the wall opposite the three cells. Because of the curvature of the hallway, Neda couldn't see inside of the cells, but she felt confident in assuming this was where Mila, Miralda and Ferenc were being kept. A double rushlight hung from the wall near every guard. Each of the oiled, thick, wick-like rushes provided a feeble and dancing single flame, which in itself wouldn't disperse the darkness much. Nedak tried to stay against the wall as close as possible, while slowly approaching the cells in an attempt to see inside. She froze as the guard closest to her, in front of the first cell, stood up from his perch on a chair and shook out his arms and legs. He had his back to the cell. Nidek still couldn't see inside, but she saw enough to know the general direction. She skipped and appeared inside of it, stumbling from something on the floor. A second guard sat there, back against the plank supporting the thin mattress. His hand had been held up on the mattress. It didn't take long after she'd stood on his legs for him to shout, She's here! The person under the blanket sat up, Despite the many shadows, the faint light revealed the sleepy, wide-eyed face of Melia. Nedak began skipping again straight away. The shiver of excitement she'd felt at knowing she was in the right cells quickly bled to worry when she saw the guard's hand had been bound together with Melia's. It appeared they had known she couldn't skip separately when there was skin-to-skin -skin contact. Nina cursed mid-skip, but didn't change it. All three of them skipped to the statue. The uneven ground they appeared on didn't catch Nadak by surprise. It did unbalance the god who had, against all odds, still managed to grab his short sword in the confusion. Although he obviously felt unwell and disoriented, Along with trying to gain his footing on the terrain, 
he still stepped out to Nadek. Up to this day, Nadek still couldn't say what exactly had happened in that moment. At the same time Nadek jumped back, Milia swung in between her and the guard, despite their hands still being attached. The movement caused the guard to swing sideways, jerking his jabbing arm backwards. The momentum of the unexpected jolt loosened the grip on his sword, which flew off to tumble over the edge of the statue. Melia groaned. Her fist flew up to connect to the fellow's face. At the same time, Blackie burped on him. He fell down like a stupid sack of useless bones. Melia tumbled on top of him. She remained down longer than Nadak had expected, before pushing herself up. Nidak helped her untie the connection to the guard. They hadn't used anything sophisticated, only a soft strip of cloth. When her hand was freed, she sat back, away from the guard. Nidak frowned and grinned slyly. She skipped the unconscious guard back to the cell. I suppose we could do this. I'll go back to the cells and one at a time quickly skip into a cell and skip them here with their guard. If Blackie can stay alert and take care of the guards, I can then skip them back where they belong and that's that. Though, mistress, there was a strain in Milia's voice Nerek couldn't place. They will know you will be coming for certain now and they are most likely awaiting you, even more alert than before. We don't need anyone else getting hurt, especially not you. I think it can work, if I'm quick and ski- Wait, what do you mean, anyone else? Melia still sat on the ground. She looked up at Nerek, and in the soft glow of the half-large moon and quarter-small moon, slow streaks of tears glittered on her cheeks. She lifted the hand, which had been pressed against the side of her ribs, right under the left boob. It uncovered a dark patch around a sliced opening in the simple dress. They made us wear these clothes. I believe they wanted to be certain we had no hidden weapons. Which is funny because we had no weapons at all. So certain we were of our safety. I can certainly say I do prefer wearing corsets. It would not have sliced me that way. She grimaced in pain as she let herself lean back and lay down. Everyone gaped at Nerek as she appeared in the front of the wobbly wine glasses private dining room, although it now served as a lunch room. None of the truth companions had expected her in this meeting, except for Riata. She gave a slight nod and gestured towards a plush chair next to her. Welcome, Lady Isho. Please, sit. We have wine and food will be brought out soon. Thank you, Lady Elope. But before I sit, there is something I need to do. Nidak looked at all the faces sitting around the large table. She almost couldn't contain her smile as she saw him there. Of course he wouldn't miss any of these last meetings. Nerak began circling the table, 
squeezing the shoulders of everyone in turn, while taking long and pondering steps in between. First of all, I apologize for not coming to any more meetings since the last time we met. I trust you have received the message my servant has given one of you yesterday. Nilak briefly waited for confirmation from Riata. Good. I have to say, I have been very pleased with what you've done so far. Although it may seem insignificant, the spreading of the prophecy, the little rumors you all started, etc. It all adds up. I am here now to discuss the second to last stage of the prophecy, which might well be the most dangerous. I will go out in public as Nedek Isho. I will show my face to everyone and prove it's me by carrying my PPW. She reached over her shoulder to briefly touch the shortened shaft of the halberd. However, before we get to that, first this. She squeezed the shoulder of the man in front of her. There is a traitor among you. The man twitched in shock. But so did everyone else. I have strong reasons to believe my uncle, Yodak Isho, has used his line of deception to become this man, Krayam Obi. Nerak had been ready for it, but the swiftness still came as a surprise. The man ducked, slipping out from under her grip. Nerak had expected him to jump up. He turned mid-duck to shove the chair aside and slammed out with his right hand, palm open towards her knee. Neda caught the chair with her right foot while reaching over to grab it with her left hand and slammed it into his speeding hand. Something fussed at its outline. So the deception isn't undetectable after all, Nedak's thought flashed curiously. While she did that, her free hand reached back to release her halberd from the harness. In a straight arc, she let gravity help to connect the flat of the blade with his head. It didn't knock him out, but dazed him, as Nedek had intended. She swung the halberd on her back again, grabbed the rope from her belt, and tied his hands. She'd practiced it that morning, so the movement went smoothly and efficiently. She groaned as she lifted him up to sit on the chair and tied his legs to each of the chair's front legs as well. He had regained most of his mind by the time she finished and struggled against the bonds. Nedek admired her handiwork and was pleased to see the knots grew tighter the more he struggled. What are you doing to Krayam? The woman who had been sitting next to Yodek now stood a few steps away from them having jumped up in shock at Nerek and Yodak's fight. You have to be mistaken. This cannot be the Yodak you think he is. He has been with us for so long. Nerek glared at her. It seems their trust in her wasn't all there yet. Are you going to tell them, uncle? She directed the question to him, but didn't expect a reply. Of course, he wouldn't say anything. As long as he didn't speak, there would be a chance to still pass off as silent Crayon. Within the hour of meeting you all for the first time, I got captured. When thinking about it afterwards, 
It was clear someone had been here during that meeting and knew everything Art said. I mulled it over and over in my mind, and it couldn't have been anyone else but him. From the moment you introduced Crayon to me, he felt familiar in a way I couldn't clarify. The fact he wasn't speaking sounded reasonable enough with the backstory you gave me, but it didn't feel right. Then I remembered seeing Yodak perform his line before, and along with that, his inability to imitate voice. With how little time there had been in between the meeting and my capture, I could only assume it had been my uncle himself spying on you all, using his line of deception. And so the pieces fell in place. Looking around the room at the faces, most of them still wide-eyed, it was obvious many were still uncertain of the truth. She let out a frustrated sigh. There had been something funny when she tied their hands together, but she couldn't untie them to show it to everyone. He would certainly struggle and be annoying if she did that. Another idea popped up in her head. Who here knows what Yodak looks like? After a moment of hesitation, several people spoke up. All of them denied knowing, confusion littering their faces. Nidak nodded. Inside, she cursed. She'd completely forgotten neither of them knew Yodak had even still been alive, until the moment Nirak had told them at our last meeting. She looked at Riata. The old woman looked so sad and forlorn. Nirak felt a pang of regret and compassion. She also now remembered the way Riata had spoken about Yodak. Nirak didn't know what it must be like, seeing her long-lost ex-betrothed, with whom she would have been queen standing in front of her, but not knowing what he looked like. I realize no one knows his appearance. Really, uncle, you could have just as easily spied with your own face. No, Riata's voice, although a whisper, slashed through everything else Nerak was going to say. I would have recognized him, I'm certain. Even after all these years, she walked around the table, steps fragile, posture bent by age, but bearing radiating pride and confidence. She moved a chair closer to Yodak and sat to peer into his fake face. Is it truly you? As if no one else existed but her and him, she lifted a bony hand wrinkles and veins telling a story of ages. Yodak pulled back, dipping his head away from her as far as he could. Her fingers touched his cheek. He closed his eyes with a soft gasp. It is true, Riata said in awe and disbelief. The feel of his skin does not match the face we see. She added her other hand on his other cheek. Yodek, is it really you? My Yodi? After all these years? Why didn't you come back to me? 
Nenak forced herself not to eye-roll. A teenage love still strong after fifty years of not seeing each other? The concept felt ridiculous enough. She snorted before she could stop it. Jodak's eyes flew open, and both of them stared at her. Sorry, I had something stuck in my nose, and, um, uh, continue. Riata and Jodak's eyes finally met. The two eyes of the fake face turned into the one eye set in Jodak's own face. <laughs> I never wanted you to see who I had become. Yudak's usual gruffness betrayed a hint of emotion. He lowered his gaze. Nedak was flabbergasted. Perhaps she had to revise her opinions about true love. She nearly snorted again at the ridiculousness. I assumed you'd moved on. And you had. And no, you married another and had children. Huh. Yes, I did. But I was never as happy as I knew I would have been with you. Her eyes widened as she seemed to realize something. What's wrong? He reached up to remove her hands, enfolding them in both of his, missing fingers and being bound, making it rather awkward. She didn't seem to care about the missing digits, nor the missing eye. I need to tell you something, but I cannot with everyone listening. Please. She looked around at her people. Would you do me the favor of going outside for a moment? You can stay, Nadek. Everyone walked out, many still wearing a bedazzled expression. There is not an easy way to say this, so I will say it straight out. I was pregnant when you disappeared. Nobody except for my parents and a select few trustworthy servants knew, because it was, of course, scandalous. We should not have done what we did before marriage, even though it had been fun. Once the baby was born, one of the servants left the country with the baby. I do not know where the child ended up. I do not even know the gender. <gasps> I have a child somewhere? The appearance of tears in his eye surprised Nerak almost more than the news did. An unknown Isho descendant in the world, possibly with kids of their own, perhaps even grandchildren. Possible wooden water-crown heirs, roaming around, unknown to everyone, even themselves. Nidex had spun from all the implications. You have been listening to Nidex, Chapter 56, Not the Only One. Narrated, adventured, and lived through by myself, Nidex. Written in a better way than I can tell it, by Astrid Jeff. Don't go just yet. We've got bloopers coming up. Find us on Twitter at Astrid Jeff and at Nedak and Kitty. Nedak tried to stay against the wall as close as possible while slowly making her way 
while slowly making her way closer to the cells in an attempt to see inside. She froze as the guard closest to her. Fuck, that's three times close. He had his hand along with trying. She grimaced. He turned mid-duck to shove the chair aside. You shove the chair aside. That is not what it's supposed to be. She groaned as she lifted him up to sit on the chair. The woman who'd been sitting next to Yodek now stood a few tis- Now stood- uh, 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 Several people spoke up. Bloody helicopter. I realize no one knows his exp- I realize- I realize no one knows his Fuck. I realize no one knows his appearance? She moved the- She moved the chair. Chill. I never wanted you to see. Ooh-ha. 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 Okay. So, of course I had to try to, to get the- 